0: Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 16 of Sodom and I. Now, I'm just going to get straight into it today. So, I was reading Acts in chapter 6, but I'm going to start in chapter 7. This is basically after uh, Stephen... A man full of God's grace and power performed great wonders and signs among the people. This is chapter six, giving a little background about him. Um, where is this? As it was called, Jews of Syrian and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. So I guess that's where he is. And they seized him. He's in front of the Sanhedrin and boom. So Stephen is giving them a speech, right? The Holy Spirit is talking through him, speaking through him to, you know, these priests and these high sitting people who are, who basically arrested him because people were lying on him saying that he was saying blasphemous things when he wasn't saying blasphemous things. And he started speaking about two stories, and one of them was about Joseph, and the other one is about Moses. So we are going to talk about Joseph another time, but I want to start with Moses, because I like the story of Moses, and I feel like I know the basics, but not all, like, every detail. Because I was reading this and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that, you know. So I'm going to start in chapter 7, verse 20, at the time Moses was born. And then we're going to go back and actually read the story, which is in Exodus. So, yeah. This is in NIV. At the time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and in action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian. Excuse me. Ooh. So he went to his defense and avenged them or avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, men, you're brothers. Why do you want to? Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and king, or, you know, ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount. Sinai. So taking a pause, Moses is 80 years old right now. Moses, Moses didn't even get to the burning bush until he was 80 years old. In verse 23, it says Moses was 40. When he was 40, he decided to visit his own people. And then it says, uh, after forty years had passed in verse thirty, so I didn't know Moses was uh eighty years old. Like I said, I just started, you know, really diving into my faith. Where this is a judge-free zone, guys. I did watch uh, there's a movie, The Prince of Egypt, and that's about that's about Moses and the works and stuff that he did. I just I thought he was like in his like 50s or you know like middle-aged whatnot i didn't know he was in his eight i didn't know he was over 80 so that that's why i was like well i guess i don't know too much about this story to the point where i'm like super comfortable with it so let me go back and read about it but yeah when he saw this he was amazed at the sight as he went over to get a closer look he heard the lord say verse 32 I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning, and I have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt." This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words who made you ruler and judge. He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt as the yeah at the at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> This is Moses, who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors. And he received living words to pass on to us. All right. And then I am going to uh, I'm going to pause right here. Actually, no, I'm not going to pause right here because this is a part where I was like, bro, this is wild. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. Mm -hmm. As for this fellow, Moses, who led us out of Egypt. mm, We don't know what we we don't know what happened to him. (laughs) That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and reveled in what their own hands had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. This agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You have taken up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your Raphon, the idols you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors had a tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses, according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and acts that he might provide a dwelling space for God, or for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. The prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? Yeah. And then he he basically goes into um, telling them about how they killed Jesus. But we're going to talk about the story of Moses right now, because we talked about the story of Jesus, and so we know what happened right there. This whole thing with Stephen was pretty powerful, though. R.I.P. This leads up to the stoning of Stephen. And you know what he said, which goes back. I think I, I talked about this two nights ago, the story. Stephen, uh, while they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus received by spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them and when he said this he fell asleep meaning he passed away which is wild he had this whole this whole speech that they sat there and listened to and then they stoned him i mean they they got mad at the end when they when they were talking about he saw jesus standing at the right hand of god but it's I know everything happens for a reason. It's just like you read this and it's like, bro, why would you do that? It is what it is, though. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 2. We're not going to read all of uh, chapter 2. I really want to start around chapter 6. And I tapped on chapter 6, but I meant to tap on chapter 2. All right, the birth of Moses. All right, now a man of the tribe, Levi, married a Levite woman. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with, a tar, with tar and pitch. Then she placed a child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then the pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw a basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked pharaoh's daughter, And then Moses flees to Midian. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When the Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and and they came to draw water and filled the troughs with water for their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. Where is he? Ruel asks his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter, Zipporah, to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, or Gershom, I hope I said that right, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Mm Mm-hmm. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Mm-hmm. Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that through the burning bush was on fire, it did not yet. He saw that though the burning bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. (laughs) And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land and flowing with milk and honey, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites, mm mm-hmm. I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. One second. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. The Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and to say to him, The Lord of the God of the Hebrews, the Lord God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. Alright, and this is chapter three, and I'm not gonna read all of these because, like I said before, the Bible is pretty repetitive. And the reason I kept stumbling is because I thought I <laughs> I thought I was reading the same thing over and over again. Ah, but I'm, not. <clears throat> I'm gonna plug this stuff up so it doesn't charge. Like I told y'all before, I am not a I am not editing anything. You guys are getting all the raw recordings. Take me as I am, or don't take me at all. Hold on a second. Here we go. Ah. Take me as I am or don't take me at all. All right, we are gonna go to chapter six. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Aaron. Actually. No, we're gonna we're gonna be in uh we're going to start at four. Signs for Moses. Moses answered, what What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said, what is that in your hand? The staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. I could only imagine. I would. I would do the same thing. And the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, Take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Hmm? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you seek, or I will help you speak, and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, "Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else." When the, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, "What about your brother Aaron the Levite, or Aaron the Levite?" I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if if he were your mouth and and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Now I'd like to read... Verse 16 in King James Version. Mm -mm -mm. Was that 16? Yeah. He shall be thy spokesman unto the people. Yeah, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand therewith thou shalt do signs. So all the stuff that he told Moses that he was gonna do, Moses did it. He went in. He went into uh back into Egypt. And then after he did all of these signs and stuff basically uh, the king, he made it that much harder. on. The, he started oppressing the people more. And Moses was like, in uh, Exodus 5, chapter verse 22, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have, he, have you brought trouble on these people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. That's what Moses said to God. He was like, Why would you do this? What's the point of doing all this? And the whole time, God's like, bro, just a little while longer. Trust me. Just trust. Sit sit in your trust with me. And then Exodus chapter 6. Now that I said all that, this will make sense. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you'll see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go because of my mighty hand he will drive them out of this country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover." I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Oh. And there we go. He be telling us straightforward. Like, when I read these stories, I try and... Like, these are actual things that happen, you know? So, I don't really like to say stories, but they sound like stories to us nowadays. Whenever I hear them or read about them, I try and see how I can take the lesson from it and apply it to my own life, if that makes sense. Now... There was already a lot of things. If I were, if I was to read Exodus before reading Acts, I would have been. Uh, I I wouldn't have known how old uh, Abraham Abraham. Good job. I wouldn't have known how old Moses was. I would have seen like the forty years and stuff, but I wouldn't have known that he was eighty years old. Like when I read this, it's like I I didn't know he was that old. Like he's almost a hundred. But I know that's normal in in biblical times and whatnot. But it's still, uh, it's still pretty old, right? Right, falto lips. Since I speak of falto lips, I'll trail me. Exodus chapter six. But I'm I'm trying to find the um the things. Aaron's staff becomes a snake. So Aaron did it. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when the Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, we're in chapter seven, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a state. So they, this is basically them doing the things in front of Pharaoh Ah, that that, uh, God was speaking on before. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers and the Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Yeah. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the river. Confront him on the bank of the Nile and take him, the Lord, yeah, take him and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now, you have not listened. This is what the Lord says. By this, you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, so they will turn into blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in vessels of wood and stones. Woo, Chile, ah! Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelt so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Oh, Brooklyn! It's all right. As soon as I come back in here, he's not going to be all out with his little bumbo. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Egyptians could not drink the water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. And Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses. And Aaron, just as the Lord had said, instead, mm -hmm, he turned and went into his palace and did not take even this to his heart. And all the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water, because they could not drink the water of the river. The plague of the frogs, seven days passed, passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed and into the house of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you, and your people, and all your officials. Woo, Chile, men. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same things by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Now, how does that even help you, though? Like They're like, oh, we can do the same things that that guy does. What does doing that help you with? That is not helping your situation. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses said to the Pharaoh, I leave you to the honor of setting time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said, Moses replied, It will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you in your houses and your officials and your people, and they will remain only in the Nile. After Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought on Pharaoh. The Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs, <laughs> the frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. They were piled into heaps, and the land reeked of them. But when the Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. So he thought, he thought he got one up on them. (laughs) He said, They'll leave your houses. I mean, they died, they died in the houses. Their souls left the bodies, but the frogs are still there. They had to clean up the frogs. (laughs) But he knew that the pharaoh wasn't gonna listen. So he was like, you know what? I'll listen. I'll listen to my beloved child Moses, but y'all will still have to clean this stuff up. Harden his heart and would not listen to him, anyways. Just as the Lord has said, the plague of gnats. Oh my gosh, I would absolutely hate. I would have hated to just be a uh, a <laughs> a regular a regular citizen in Egypt. <laughs> Just waking up and all this stuff is happening to me because my king is just my pharaoh is being so hard headed. I'd be like, bro, please, just just let these people go. <laughs> Got frogs? Imagine you're just trying to sleep and there's frogs in your bed, frogs in your feeding troughs, and just just everywhere, frogs everywhere. You can't even take a shower without there being frogs. You can't eat your breakfast can't take a walk you can't even take a nap without a frog being there that's wild next one plague of gnats and the lord said to moses tell aaron stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground oh man and throughout the land of egypt the dust will become gnats do you know how much dust (laughs) there had to be in egypt he struck, oh my goodness, they did this. And when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came on people and on animals. Oh my gosh, and animals. All of the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the produ- when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Why would you even try and do that? I literally wouldn't even try and do that. Why would you try and make more gnats when literally all the dust in Egypt turned into gnats? All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magician said to the Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen, just as the Lord said. Then the Lord said to Moses, plague of the flies. Oh, man flies and gnats. I thought, I thought it was interchangeable. It was both of them. Love that. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies. Even on the ground will be covered by them. Lord, I cannot stand it when there is even one fly in my house. Could you imagine? Even the ground will be covered with flies. You can't even walk without stepping on them. That is so nasty. Bro, just give in. Just fold. (laughs) But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials throughout Egypt. The land was ruined by the flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said that would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God will be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? We must make a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commanded us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Oh. Moses answered, As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord. And tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only let Pharaoh be sure that he does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained but this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. See Pharaoh thought this thing was a game. He thought that once once uh he acts and that thing stopped that that was just it. All right. Plague on the livestock. Even the Lord said he said the same thing. Tell them. This is what the Lord the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so they so that they may worship me if you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back. The hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on your horses, donkeys, and camels, and on your cattle, sheep, and goats. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt, so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a time and said, "Tomorrow, the Lord, the Lord will do this in the land." And the next day, the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Pharaoh investigated and found that not even one of the animals—excuse me of the Israelites died. Yet his heart was unyielding, and he would not let the people go. Plague of the boils. When the Lord said to Moses and Abraham, and Aaron, I keep wanting to say Abraham, bro, <laughs> take handfuls of soot from a furnace and have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of the Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, and festering boils will break out on people and animals throughout the land. So they took a, a soot from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it into the air, festering boils broke out on the people and the animals. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen to Moses and, uh, and Aaron, just as the Lord said. Plague of the hail. Woo, Chile! Let my people go so they may worship me, or this time I'll send full force of my plagues against you and you're against your officials and your people so you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with the plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You set yourself against my people and will not let them go. Therefore, at this time tomorrow, I will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt from the day it was founded till now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to a place of shelter, because the hail will fall on every person and animal that has not been brought in and is still out in the field, and they will die those officials of the Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord hurried to bring their slaves and livestock inside but those who ignored the word left their slaves and livestock in the field RIP man he's literally saying it to you then the Lord said to Moses stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall over Egypt all over Egypt on people and animals and on everything growing in the fields in Egypt Stretched out his staff towards the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail, lightning flashed down to the ground. So the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Hail fell and lightning flashed back and forth. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. Excuse me. Throughout Egypt, hail struck everything in the fields, both people and animals. Excuse me. (sighs) I've <sighs> been using a lot of brain power recently. Love that. Throughout Egypt, hail struck everything in the fields, people and animals, beat it down, everything grown in the fields, stripped every tree, only place it did not hail was the land of Goshen, Goshen, where the Israelites were. Most, then Pharaoh summons, summoned Moses and Aaron, this time I have sinned, he said to them, the Lord is right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Pray to the Lord, for we have had enough thunder and hail. I will let you go. You don't have to stay any longer. Alright, he told them that when I've gone out of the city, I'll spread my hands in prayer to the Lord. Thunder will stop. And he you know he did that. He went out there. So and then the Pharaoh did the same thing. Everything stopped. Pharaoh said the same thing. I don't gotta you know read all that. We get it. Plague of the locusts. There we go. You know, I'm the Lord. This is what the Lord says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. And he keep telling him a day beforehand. He keep telling you. Pharaoh's official said to him, how long will this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so they can worship so they can worship the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is ruined? Then Moses and Aaron were uh, brought back to Pharaoh. Go worship the Lord your God, but tell me who will be going. Moses answered, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds, because we are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you. If I let you go along with your women and children, clearly you are bent on evil. No, have only the men go and worship the Lord, since that was, since that's what you have been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. The Lord said to Moses, "Stretch out your hand, so that locusts swarm." Come on, man. All right, go ahead, Pharaoh. So Moses stretched out his hand. The Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning, the wind had brought the locusts. They invaded all Egypt and settled down in every area of the country, great in numbers. Ah, I cannot say, I hate bugs. Oh my gosh. Never before had there been such a plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. They covered all the ground until it was black. Wow. They devoured all that was left after the hail. Everything grown in the fields and the fruit on the trees. Nothing green remained on tree or plant in all of the land of Egypt. Pharaoh, look, Pharaoh quickly summoned, again. I have sinned against the Lord. Here we go. Here we go. He's just talking. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let plague of darkness. All right. How many times is that? This was at least the fifth time he he's he's capping and thinks that he's just, just just getting away with it, you know. Plague of darkness, darkness that can be felt. Darkness covered Egypt all three days. No one could see anyone else or move for about three days. Yet you all know, the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Pharaoh summoned Moses, go worship. Even your women and children may go. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. Nope, you must allow us to have sacrifices and burnt offerings. That's not what we're asking for, so we're not settling. Boom. We have to use some of them in worshiping the Lord our God. Until we get there, we will not know what we are to use to worship the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He was not willing to let them go. He said to Moses, Get out of my sight. Make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. Just as you said, I will never appear before you again. All right. Plague on the firstborn, and I know this is the last one. Now, the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here, and when he does, he will drive you out completely tell the people that men and women alike are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses said, this is what the Lord says, about midnight I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of the Pharaoh mm-hmm. From the firstborn son of the Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the female slave who is at her handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt worse than there has ever been and or, or will ever be again. But among the Israelites not a dog will bark at any person or animal. He said, it will be quiet. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these officials of yours will come to me, bowing down before me and saying, go, you and all the people who follow you. After that, I will leave. Then Moses, with hot anger, left Pharaoh. The Lord had said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you so that my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. <sighs> the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, "This this month this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year, to the whole community of Israel, on the 10th day each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for having or for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year old without defect and you may take from them or take them from the sheep or the goats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. He's given like really specific instructions. Very specific instructions. So what I'm taking from reading all of this and continuing to reading, you know, the rest of it is that when God says do something, it's in your best interest to do it. That's there's there's a lot of levels to it, but it's it's in your best interest because you don't know what he has in store. You don't know what he has, you know, to happen. Imagine the, the people who didn't hear all the background information. Someone was just like, hey, cook your food like this. Eat it like this. Eat it here. Take the blood, put it on your door frames and just do it. Just do it. I can't tell you why, I don't know why either, but they told me to tell you, so I'm just telling you, put the blood on your door, frame. If somebody, if your neighbor came and told you that and you didn't know what was going on, would you do it? I probably would. I'd be like, I don't know what's going to happen if I don't. It's how you eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt, strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt." Mm -hmm. This is a day you are to commemorate. For generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days, you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do no work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I'll stop it right there. Because after this, we already know that the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord sends the spirit throughout the night. And it takes the firstborn sons of everyone who didn't have the blood on their door, you know, their door frames. He sent them out. I... If you like uh, cartoons, go and watch The Prince of Egypt. It's a great soundtrack and very informational because it really just gives you you know, an animated version and more dramatic uh, backstory about Moses. So closing that and wrapping that up, we are going to go straight into the devotional because reading all that made it pretty lengthy because we're in, what, Exodus 12 now. We started on Exodus 1, isn't it? But I like the Bible. When they say the Bible is a book of stories, it, it really is a book of stories. All right, day six, panic attack. Everyone gets scared by something. Whether you're afraid of the dark, spiders, heights, or failure, the Heavenly Father holds you in his hand. Cara wiped her sweaty palms on her pants as she looked at the classroom clock. Three minutes till the class would line up for lunch. (laughs) And Neil was standing up front rattling on about his experiment with garden grubs. Perfect. She sighed in relief, knowing she wouldn't have to give her science fair presentation until after lunch. It wasn't until she didn't think she did a good job on her project. It was just that speaking in front of the group of people that terrified her. Made her hands sweat, mouth run dry, stomach heave, and tears swell up. A few minutes later, Kara pulled her lunchbox from her locker and saw a mysterious piece of paper taped over Hello Kitty's face, lol. She looked down at the note and read, I'm praying for you today, Kara. No matter what challenges you face... Yeah, what challenges you may face. Trust God to be your strength. He's with you. He loves you and I do too. Mom. Aw, oh, thanks mom. Don't panic or whisper of wisdom. Don't panic. I am with you. There's no need to fear for I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. Isaiah 41.10. I like Isaiah. We might get into Isaiah tomorrow. There's a lot of chapters in Isaiah, but it's pretty nice. But I'm just going to go ahead and say goodnight, guys. I recorded a little early today, so this one, this one will probably be dropping around maybe 9 or 10 something tonight versus 11 or 12-ish. But I thank you for hanging on with me and listening to this whole story. And we'll get into...